I grew up just super dirt poor, you know, about as poor as you can be in this country. And growing up that way, you realize how many things you don't know about the laws of the country you live in. First-year law student Blake Dancer was born in New Jersey and moved to Florida when he was seven. Things were chaotic at home. His mom was often busy, working, and just figuring out how to get by. So I was kind of on my own. I'm seven years older than my little sister, so it was all very kind of scary and almost a monotonous scary. Like, it's the same fear all the time. You don't know what's happening next, but there's nothing you can do about it. School was a place where Blake felt safe, like he could shine. I was always studious. I was always in the books. You know, school, I think, was kind of a safe haven looking back at it. At the time, I just saw it as something I was good at, so I liked to do it. But, you know, Florida gives free breakfast to all public school students, so, you know, I knew I was eating. I was a free lunch kid. I knew I had meals at school, and I think that kind of made it a safe place. And then puberty hit, and I felt weird in a way that I couldn't really identify. At the time, Blake was actually Amanda, a 14-year-old self-described tomboy. Someone who hung out with the guys, talking cars and bikes, and playing Nintendo 64. And then I was watching a TV show, Degrassi, trashy, like, soap opera, like, teenage TV show, and they had a transgender character, and this is the most ridiculous thing I can acknowledge as an adult. But I texted one of my friends. I was like, that's it. I'm transgender. You know, that's my reality. That's why I feel so weird. And my friend said, no, you're not transgender. You're just a tomboy. And I was so relieved as a 14-year-old me that I wasn't transgender. I didn't have to do all that, that I forgot about it. And it really wasn't an issue again until four years later, after he joined the military. You're listening to Fiat Vox, a Berkeley News podcast about the people and research at UC Berkeley. I'm Ann Bryce. At 17, Blake graduated a semester early from high school. He was named salutatorian, the second highest ranked graduate of his class. He had already nearly earned an associate degree from the local community college through a dual enrollment program offered by the school district. Blake had also met Kaylee, someone he knew he wanted to spend his life with. I knew her for two weeks, and I told her we were going to get married. And she told me I was crazy, and I was like, no, you'll see we're going to get married. I know I'm going to marry you. Blake enrolled in classes at St. John's University in Queens, New York. But even with a full scholarship, he couldn't afford the cost of housing. So partway through the first semester, he dropped out and moved in with Kaylee, who was living with her dad in upstate New York. When the couple turned 18 a month later, they got married. Soon after, Dancer decided to join the Air Force. I I like to say that marrying my wife was the best thing I ever did, but joining the military was the smartest thing I ever did. Not only would Blake be serving his country, which he felt compelled to do since seeing the Twin Towers fall as a young child on September 11, 2001, he would also be able to continue his education, paid for by the military. So in 2015, the couple moved to North Carolina, where Blake was stationed at Pope Army Airfield. 
Soon, the feelings that Blake had as a 14-year-old, the ones that came up watching the teen soap opera Degrassi, came flooding back. As I was in the military and everything is very divided, segregated, male, female, sir, ma'am, guys over here, girls over here, it just very much, very quickly sank in that this was not right for me. I was not female. And so I went to mental health. And at the time I said I wanted to kill myself, I didn't want to kill myself. I didn't know how to express in a way that people would listen that I did not feel good. After talking more with a major in the mental health department, Blake realized he was transgender. It was August 2016. Secretary of Defense Ash Carter had just announced on June 30th that transgender people would be allowed to openly serve in the U.S. Armed Forces. Our mission is to defend this country. And we don't want barriers unrelated to a person's qualification to serve, preventing us from recruiting or retaining the soldier, sailor, airman, or marine who can best accomplish the mission. Before that, since 1960, there had been a ban on all transgender people serving and enlisting in the U.S. military. Because Carter had just made the announcement, there weren't any strict regulations in place yet. So Blake worked with his first sergeant to figure out the best steps to take for himself. I'm grateful to have been in in that sweet spot of just figure it out because I was able to get on hormones very quickly. While I was in the beginning of my transition, everyone was kind of on this like, I don't know, let's be as supportive as possible because we're allowed to be. Was it that feeling where it was kind of like people want to be supportive generally and Mm -hmm. then if the rules say they can be, then they will be? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would say that everybody wants to be as inclusive as they can be. Um, People might not personally support it. A big critique that I heard that I agree with on some level is at certain points in your transition, you're non-deployable. And if you're non-deployable, then you are not what the military needs you to be. So you do, in fact, have a medical issue that prevents you from being in the military. And to a point, I understand that and agree with it. But even if people feel very strongly about it, they're going to be openly supportive because that's kind of how it is. Everyone is supportive. I don't want to say everyone has to be supportive, but you kind of do. You know, we're all in this together in a sense. So if you're not being supportive, you're kind of ostracized. You're the bad guy. Blake worked as an airman, an aerospace ground equipment craftsman to be exact. He maintained and repaired parts that helped the plane work, like generators, floodlights, heaters, air conditioners, things like that. Over the next three years in the military, Blake was actively transitioning from female to male. At first, he had to wear female uniforms and have a female haircut. But as soon as the military could have him under male regulations, it did. Blake says that the thing that was maybe the hardest about it wasn't how he was treated, but the possibility that someone might treat him disrespectfully. There was almost like this expectation that someone would be, you know, nasty to me in some way. And that was honestly almost the most awkward part. You know, I went to Airman Leadership School and I was a class leader. And unfortunately, we had to get someone removed from the class. And I went to go visit my shop to talk to the younger airmen. And my flight chief pulled me in and said, I heard that someone was being uh, unfortunate towards you due to the he or she type thing. Was that an issue? And I was like, no, no, it was a normal Air Force issue. It was not, not everything in my life is because I'm transgender. But other than that kind of awkwardness, it really went as well as it could. 
While Blake was working as an airman, he was also a full-time college student, taking online courses through the University of Maryland. Every chance he got, he would put time toward his classes. During lunch, at night, on the weekends, he also tested out of several classes. In June 2019, at age 22, Blake had received a bachelor's degree in history, and he had served his four-year term in active military service. And by this time, he and Kaylee had a two-year-old son, Henry, who would become the light of their lives. Three months later in August, Blake started at Berkeley Law, a school he says will give him the opportunity to get out and help people who need it most. To become someone he wished he knew as a young kid growing up in Florida. When Blake found out he got into Berkeley Law, he knew it was the school for him. Every law school says, oh, we care very much about public interest and we care about helping the community, but Berkeley's out there doing it. They're not just talking about it. It's not just a page on a pamphlet. It's actual, real, tangible opportunities. He's especially interested in participating in student-initiated legal services projects, known as SLIPs. They're community-based student pro bono projects open to all Berkeley Law students. There's one clinic that's already caught his attention called the Contra Costa Reentry Project. It assists the Contra Costa County Office of the Public Defender with its clean slate practice, helping to remove the barriers that a prior conviction can present to employment, housing, public benefits, and family reunification. American prisons are meant to punish, whereas if you look at successful corrections programs, they're meant to rehabilitate. So if you take someone who's committed a crime and you put them in jail and you take them out and they can't get a job and they can't get benefits and they can't get funding to go to school, what do you expect them to do other than to commit more crimes? They have to survive somehow and you've given them no opportunity to do so. So I'm really excited to see how I can get involved with something to make that a little bit easier on people. And he says he wants to help communities like the one he grew up in. You know, there were so many situations that we were in that we could have gotten out of if we knew that the law was actually on our side. So I want to become a lawyer so I can go back to those low-income neighborhoods, these really bad areas where people just get the raw end of the deal all the time because they don't know any better. And I want to be able to go back there and help them in issues with their landlords, in issues with, you know, the police, things where people just don't know what their rights are. Before Blake came to Berkeley, he wasn't sure he wanted to be open about being transgender. Maybe he thought he could just live without that being a part of his public identity. But the more he thought about it, the more he realized that it was important that he was open about who he was. And he wanted to share his experience of what it's like to be transgender and a veteran. So I kind of want to go into more liberal spaces. I consider myself an independent, but I want to go into more liberal spaces and be open about both sides of me so I don't get written off as one or the other, you know? I want to show that you can be both. You can fall into this, you know, tends to be oppressed, tends to be discriminated against group, but also be in the military, you know? It's not this big, bad machine that's here to crush anybody who's different. I want to kind of share that experience. But, Blake admits, it's different for transgender people in the military today. 
As of April 11, 2019, transgender personnel in the U.S. military are no longer allowed to serve or enlist, except if they serve in their birth gender, had been grandfathered in before April 12, 2019, or were given a waiver. The military follows regulations, he says, but it's not out of spite or intolerance for people who are different. It's just because that's the way the military runs. With the GI Bill paying his tuition and providing a housing stipend, and with Berkeley covering his out-of-state tuition because he just got out of the military, school is back to how he remembers it when he was growing up. A safe haven where he can thrive. In a perfect world, Blake sees himself working as a public defender or at a nonprofit organization. But he's open to seeing where his new path takes him. They say that you go in thinking you want to do one thing, and through the experiences that Berkeley offers, it can take you a completely different direction that you never even expected. For now, he says, he's just excited to see where he ends up. For Berkeley News, I'm Ann Bryce. You can find more episodes of Fiat Vox, spelled F-I-A-T-V-O-X, at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.